This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 306. You take this topic and you break it down into subtopics that you would cover just as you would with a client. What would you go through with that client? You break it down and then you design a season. And that works from start to finish. You're going to cover this topic, how to pick a niche, start to finish over a certain amount of time. And you commit to that. And that's all you commit to. Now, even if you get to the end of that season, you record eight episodes, you cover this topic really well, really in depth, even if you decide at the end of those eight episodes, that's not really for me, actually. I'm not going to go any further. That's it. The podcast's finished. You've got something really valuable out of that because you've created this super like useful one standalone bit of content, eight episodes. It's basically a course on how to start a niche. Um, which is a podcast. And that'll, st- that'll sit around forever. You can send people to that forever. You can even turn it into something else. You can turn it into a little audio book, transcribe it, turn it into a book, turn it into a course, put some video alongside it, all that kind of stuff. But even if you do nothing else, that is a useful activity. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. It is fabulous to have you here. I'm your host, Meg Rinchler, and we have a great show for you today. We're going to be diving into the topic of content. You've got to create content to let people know what it is that you do, what you believe in, what you offer your clients. And that can be a little intimidating sometimes. So my guest today, Dr. Colin Gray, is going to talk about ways to create content actually through audio. We're going to be really focusing in on audio and yet He's going to talk about how all the different ways that we do content actually stack atop one another and really build that client engagement so that people really know what we do and know, like, and trust us. So it's a great show. I'm going to tell you more about Colin in just a moment and what you can expect from the show. As I'm taping this, we are already solidly into September 2022. The end of the year is almost within reach. And I would just say to you, what are you doing this year to end with a bang and to set yourself up for a successful start of 2023? Now you might be saying, Meg, it's only September. We just got the kids back to school. And yes, December is just at the end of your fingertips. So be thinking about that. Now, one of the things that I was thinking about as I planned for the end of the year was the masterclass that I offered in August. Now, I offered that masterclass in August because I wanted it to align with my 300th episode and I was excited about getting it all in alignment. But very truthfully, in hindsight, and isn't hindsight 2020, August might not have been the best time to do a masterclass. People were getting their last vacations in at the end of the summer, getting their kids ready to go back to school, had other commitments. And I heard from so many of you, oh, I wanted to come and I just couldn't come in August. 
Can you run it again? My answer to that is an emphatic yes. I can run it again and I am running it again. So if you are listening to this real time, go to starcoachshow.com forward slash masterclass forward slash. That's starcoachshow.com forward slash masterclass forward slash. In this masterclass, I am sharing six elements that I absolutely know are fundamental to you flourishing as a coach. If you follow this show at all, you know that I am absolutely passionate about helping coaches get their impact into the world. Failure is not an option. I want you all to flourish. That is exactly what this free masterclass is about. So once again, starcoachshow.com forward slash masterclass forward slash. Join us. I'm looking forward to seeing you. We got great feedback from the people that were were able to attend in August. And I look forward to any of you who missed that experience. Join me live. If you can't join live, sign up anyway. We'll send you the replays and get you in line for the success that you deserve. So with that, let's talk about the fact that one of the things that we need to be on top of for successful businesses and really connecting with the right clients is content. And content can feel, like I said, a little intimidating, a little overwhelming, unless we learn to repurpose it and to use it in different ways. And that's what we're going to talk about today with Dr. Colin Gray. Colin is a podcaster, a speaker, he's a PhD, and the founder of both the podcast host and all two. Thepodcasthost.com is a huge audio, video, and written resource on how to create a successful show. It might not surprise you that the key thing we're going to talk about in today's episode is how powerful audio can be. We hear a lot about video. Many of us have blogs. Are you accessing audio as well? Colin is going to share with us the different resources that we need to think about in order to get audio content out there. He's going to actually give us some tips about creating a podcast. And if, in fact, a podcast feels overwhelming, how to chunk it down in such a way that it might feel exactly like what you want to do. He's going to share some resources with us, including allitude.com, which is a web app that includes everything you need to make your podcast in the easiest way possible, but still have a full creative control over that, including call recording, automated audio cleanup, adding your theme music, everything that you need to kind of create what it is that we're going to be talking about in today's episode. So it was important to me to give you additional ways to get your voice into the world, because I'm just a huge believer that if your voice isn't in the world, then you can't be magnetic and you're not going to draw people to you that really need to know about you. Dr. Colin Gray is sharing his message with us today about using audio, using podcasting, also how to stack different kinds of content to really increase our engagement. 
not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go to my interview with Dr. Colin Gray. Dr. Colin Gray, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Hey, thanks for having me. It is so exciting to have you. And we're going to be talking about the concept of content, which is oh so important. And I think also kind of like sometimes it just <laughs> blows coaches' minds about how am I supposed to be creating content while I'm seeing my clients and building, you know, it's just like so much. So we're going to give some new ideas for creating content, the concept of audio versus maybe written or video, which I think maybe I'm hearing a sigh of relief. I think sometimes people are far more comfortable creating audio content than thinking about being on video. So we'll talk about the pros and cons of that. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. You do a lot of work in the getting their content out there and you're a podcaster, you're an international speaker, you're so many different things. And what is it that led you down the path that you're in and lights you up about the work that you're doing now? It's a big yeah. question. So you take that wherever you want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, the short story is that I, I'm a teacher by background, but I'm also kind of a teacher at heart. I love to sort of share stuff. I love learning and I love sharing the stuff that I've learned. And I just found when I first discovered podcasting, it was because I was teaching other teachers. I was asked to teach other teachers how to use podcasting as a teaching tool, um, if that doesn't sound too complicated. Uh, but it was to help them use it to teach students, essentially. And I just love the ease of making content in audio because you don't have to worry about the lighting and your hair and your clothes and like the background and all that kind of stuff. You just get on a mic and you just talk as if you're talking to a student. So if you're just relating the stuff you know and just sharing your knowledge. And it's and I love that. And I, I love how honest and open people tend to be on a mic as well, because there's no barriers between you and the listener. And as the listener, often it feels even that way too, because you've just got this voice in your head and, and you spend so much time with that voice in your head. You get to know that person, to trust that person. And that's why I love podcasting. That's what turned it from something that I enjoy doing and something that I love because I just love the power of it, that it has to move people, to motivate people, to teach people, to help them change their lives. And all of that together, I just, I think that makes the audio medium and podcasting as a whole. And that's why, that's why it lights me up all the time. Oh, and I can tell you just the light, you can hear it in your voice. You can, for, you know, I can see it on your face, just the excitement of that. And I would, this is not something that we sort of planned about talking about, but I'm just curious. How, what you think about the boom into podcasting? I mean, what you just talked about right now, is that maybe what you think draws people? Because there is just, podcasting is a growing, growing industry. Yeah, I think about yeah. when I was thinking about doing the show, maybe seven years ago, I've been doing the show for about five years, but it was not what it is now. So just no, what do you think no. has sort of lit up the community about podcasts? Yeah, there's a few things to it. And you're absolutely right. It's nothing like when I, I think the first show I listened to was around 2007, 2008. So nearly 15, actually 15 years ago. And it was just, yeah, if I mentioned the word podcast to anyone back then, they're like, what? The what cast? Yeah. No yeah. idea. Even five years ago, like right. most people still didn't have a clue what I was talking about. But then it was the tech that changed, really. It was so much easier to listen. I mean, back then, I was like, 
I was still having to plug a USB drive version of an MP3 player into my computer and then get iTunes to auto like manually download the files and then copy the files from iTunes onto the player. And it wouldn't remember the last one you listened to or the progress. Or, it was just terrible. It was an awful experience, but it was worth it because of the content. Now, these days, you just open up any of the various apps. Uh, and the, one of the biggest drivers really was the fact that it was the iPhone eventually put podcasting app on there by default. So then whenever I was talking to somebody, if it was somebody that I didn't, uh, that didn't know podcasting, I could say, all right, have you got, uh, have you got an iPhone? Oh, well, can you get it out and just like swipe down and type in pod? And it just showed up the podcasting app. And you could say, oh, have a look in there and search for like, what are you into? And they're like, uh, fly fishing. So I'm like, all right, okay, type in fishing. And then suddenly like 12 different shows on fishing show up. And that, that was always the light bulb moment. It was wonderful when that was default because you could just show people right away. <laughs> right. And now you can, you know, if you have a favorite episode, you can share it, you can send yeah. it via text, you can. And so it's so much easier. I do still have, as a matter of fact, I was getting my hair done yesterday and mm-hmm. I was sharing a show that I had listened to with my uh, hair designer. And she was like, you know, I just don't listen to podcasts. And I'm like, Lori, you are missing a world of opportunity. There is just so much available on podcasts. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I know that I get excited when I work with a new coach and they're like, you know what? I think I'm going to start a podcast. I have several clients who have their own podcasts and that's exciting. I'm sure you have a bazillion clients who have their own podcasts. So we hear, and I hear this repeatedly, probably from videographers, how important it is to have video content out there. It's like everybody's Mm -hmm. pushing for video, video. And yet you and I were talking about, you know, there's can be a real value to audio content. I know that when I was deciding to do my show, I had an option to do a video show or an audio show. My thought was, if I'm driving down the road, it's a whole lot easier for me to plug in a audio and listen to it. Or if I'm working out, I love to listen to audios when I'm cleaning the house. So I just like, there's lots of places I like to listen to audio, but let's open it up to you. What are some of the the power of doing audio content versus another kind? Yeah, sure. I mean, you look at video versus audio, it's it's really interesting, actually, because I I often think of, you know, text, it's it's the easiest way to get. So people at blogs were maybe the first, weren't they? I mean, it's probably arguably true. Blogs came first, not arguably, it is true. And then video came along and you add, so you have the sort of, the text um, medium is so good for search. You know, that's still how we search. We go to Google and we type in a question and the stuff that shows up is blog posts. And you do get YouTube in there for sure. YouTube is a big search engine, but when people are asking a question, more often than not, they just want to skim through a text post. So to me, text is always that kind of first stop. It's the it's the easy access people have to your content. And it's also the easiest way to be found because it's the it's the biggest search for the most people search via text and most people will read an article to get an answer to their question. Again, YouTube is growing. It is a good sort of uh, solution there, but text is just great for search. It's great to be found. But the thing text lacks, I mean, you know, as well as I, Meg, like you try, how hard is it to write a blog post with some good personality and, you know, right. to show yourself? It's difficult, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, even the best writer, they struggle to get that across sometimes. So that's where media comes in, video and audio, because you put in a video and suddenly there's so much more personality. You show yourself, you show your voice, you show much more of you. People can actually get to know you 
And that's really what kind of starts to grow a fan of your work or somebody who's you know, a loyal watcher or loyal listener beyond the text, because it goes from just information to being a person that you can connect with through right. a bit of personality. But video, the trouble with video is it's, it's high impact, but it's low attention, isn't it? Like how many videos do you skim through when you go and try to get a question on YouTube? How many videos do you tend to skim through? <laughs> right. Not, not very many. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then it's like, if they go in a door, it's like, Ugh, yeah. yeah, it's always dozens, isn't it? Like you end up, right. you end up it's like dozens and it takes the whole day. Yeah. yeah, totally. You end up down this rabbit hole of just watching two minutes of a video right. and then someone else distracts you and you're just all over the place. So you're lucky if you can get somebody to watch more than maybe three, four or five minutes of your video. So videos, high impact, starts that personality, starts that trust, but you don't get much time. And that's where audio comes into me because audio, suddenly you get this medium where you can listen to it in your otherwise wasted time. So you mentioned driving in your car. A lot of people you know, listen to audio while they're ironing their clothes or they're walking their dog or they're cooking their dinner. All these things which are difficult to watch video while doing. But actually, you can listen to some audio. And because of that, you get so much attention because people aren't distracted. They've got just one thing they're listening to while they're doing some kind of other boring task. <laughs> so they're stuck with you. And that's why you get people listening to podcast episodes that are, what, two, three hours long. You know, you've got like Dan Carlin doing his history podcast. I was going to say, my boys just eat that up. And they're, and yeah. yeah, hardcore history, I think it's called. Yeah, that's and, it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they like, it's a two, three hour, but then they're able to sprout out stuff that I'm like, yeah. where did you learn that? That's it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, can, you, can you even imagine somebody proposes that? Like, I'm just going to talk about history by myself, just me, my voice. Voice for three hours. For three hours. Everyone's going to listen to this and people would just call you crazy. <laughs> and yet they do. Yeah, that, they absolutely they, do. <laughs> but because we do have these tasks that we need to take care of, and you know, I might look forward to cleaning the house if I know that I've got a brand new episode of Stay yeah. Tuned to listen to yeah. or whatever. That is, that is absolutely true. Like I've got to go and pick up my car. So my car isn't here where I am just now. I've got to walk about half an hour to go and get my car when I finish this interview. That's my day finished. And I'm looking forward to listening to a podcast on my walk. I've got this half hour space where I can just listen to someone I like and it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so when we think about if we're listening saying, okay, you've, you've sold mm -hmm. me, Colin, you, I get it. That, and I would say, you know, podcasts is one way to bring out audio content. Is there, are there other ideas of like, if somebody's listening and thinking, well, that's great, but I don't know that I want to start a podcast. I don't know. Are there other ways for them to bring audio content forward? To do audio? Yeah. Well, I mean, what I would say is like, if you want to do this, if you want to go the way of, you get all that attention, you get people's time. Um, therefore, you get more personality across, you grow more trust, and you really turn people into fanatical fans because of all that time they spend with you, all that attention they give you. You can start a podcast. And your question really is, uh, it's based on the perception that a podcast is forever. It's for life, isn't it? <laughs> like people say that, and you're absolutely right, Meg. Like people say that I can't start a podcast. I can't do something every single week. And that's what, that's because that perception is, you know, you start a podcast and you do it weekly and you do it forever. Yeah. You you're, you're just stuck forever. <laughs> just like getting married. It's just, you pick yeah. that and you're just stuck with it. Yeah, exactly. But what I always tell people is that you can do really good work in a podcast just by committing to one season. So a season being 
what you could do a month's worth, four episodes is a kind of minimal, but maybe two or three months. So that's what, eight or 12 weeks, eight or 12 episodes. Say you commit to a two-month season, eight episodes, you pick the most sort of common question in your niche. Uh, for example, Meg, what, what's the thing you're asked most by your clients? What's, what's one of the most common questions you're asked when you start working with people? Well, if it's a coaching, if it's a coach who is a client, it's usually how do I build my business? How, well, oh, at, let's, yeah, let's get yeah. a little, like, how do I pick a niche? Okay. Oh, perfect. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So great question. How do I pick a niche? So that's your first season. You take that, you think you break it down. Like, what are the steps of picking a niche? What are the steps of choosing a good one, validating it, starting to think through what you're going to cover in this? I'm sure you could absolutely no problem think up eight episodes that you could break that down into. Maybe you could do 12, maybe you only need six. But you take this topic and you break it down into subtopics that you would cover just as you would with a client. What would you go through with that client? You break it down and then you design a season. And that works from start to finish. You're going to cover this topic, how to pick a niche, start to finish over a certain amount of time. And you commit to that. And that's all you commit to. Now, Even if you get to the end of that season, you record eight episodes, you cover this topic really well, really in depth, even if you decide at the end of those eight episodes, that's not really for me, actually. I'm not going to go any further. That's it. The podcast's finished. You've got something really valuable out of that because you've created this super like, useful one standalone bit of content, eight episodes. It's basically a course on how to start a niche. Um, which is a podcast. And that'll, st- that'll sit around forever. You can send people to that forever. You can even turn it into something else. You can turn it into a little audio book, transcribe it, turn it into a book, turn it into a course, put some video alongside it, all that kind of stuff. But even if you do nothing else, that is a useful, a useful activity. But best case is you go, oh, that was great. You take a break for four weeks, you plan your next season, you think, what's the second most common question I get asked? And you continue. So that's how I usually think about it so that people don't get overwhelmed by the idea they've got to do it forever. I love that. And let's let's take just a second, talk about how doable it is to potentially, you know, kind of pick a platform, pick a, I mean, that it's not, it's not like Herculean to think about doing a, even if it's a one season of a podcast, do you mind talking a little bit about what you would recommend about that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this is the other wonderful thing about modern podcasting compared to, you know, when I was starting five, you know, 10 years ago, or even five years ago, is that the tech is so much easier for creating one too. So keep it really simple with the gear, just buy yourself a simple USB mic, something like the Samsung Q2U is only maybe 50, $60, plugs right into your computer, it just works. Uh, So many people have got them just for doing Zoom calls anyway, don't they? So Right. You know, you don't need something really fancy. You just need a decent USB mic that plugs into your computer. Then you can record right into, you know, there's a few free things out there like Audacity is a free bit of software you can do on the computer. You can record and edit in there. It's a bit of a learning curve, but there's plenty of tutorials out there. You know, if you spend a day or so learning that, that's fine. Um, otherwise, you can use like not to do plug our own thing, but you know, that one of my, our products is called Alitu. Alitu is our podcast maker app and it does the recording. And it helps you edit and makes it more simple. So you can record straight in there too. And there's loads of other solutions out there these days as well. The hosting is the other platform you have to choose. So you have to choose somewhere to host it. That used to be complicated, but nowadays it's literally just sign up for a hosting platform, type in the name you want to have, and it just works. It just works. It's just really simple. So 
actually a lot of the barriers are gone in podcasting. It's just really easy, whether it's anything from you know a few free different tools up to you know our, our own tool, Alitu, and loads of other alternatives as well. So right. it's simple, really is simple. Simple. And then, you know, you could easily create some graphic or art because you are going to want to have a cover for your, you know, so that, yeah, people, but it's very doable. I mean, there's companies like Fiverr or yeah, up, yeah. what is it? Upsource Upwork, or uh, yeah, Upwork, Upwork yeah. you know, that, that you could conceivably yeah. get somebody to do a cover for yeah. you relatively cheaply. So I, it's doable. Yeah, for sure. I love Canva actually for podcast artwork. They've got a few yes. different templates. It's, it's free to use. You can pay like a couple of dollars to get some premium templates as well. So you can create great little artwork in there in like 10, 20 minutes. I love that. I had not even thought about Canva. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So that's hopefully removing any barriers from people who are saying, that's like something that would take me years to kind of put together. And it's a very doable thing. So we all know my story of taking forever to get this podcast started, but there's a lot, even you know, back in 2016, things are very yeah. different now than they were oh, then. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The platforms have come on so much. <laughs> so we think about audio and this compelling content mm -hmm. that you choose. What are the questions that you get asked? What are the processes that you walk through with your clients? If it's my executive clients, it's mm -hmm. often like, how do I use coaching to be a more effective leader? So I could do some episodes around bringing the coaching techniques into leadership and how that impacts. Because I teach that all the time. So it's certainly something that I could do a, a dedicated season toward. Yeah, I love yeah, that. That's, that's absolutely it. Yeah. I mean, if you're if people that want to do a podcast tend to be good talkers. <laughs> and often many of them are coaches, teachers, you know, a great subject you want to share. So you know, the stuff that you talk to people about, you know, the questions that people ask you. And you know what? There's a couple of different things. You can either, like, it's really valuable to get out there and try and talk to some people that are your ideal audience. Like, like who do you consider, Meg, your sort of ideal client, for example? Like, what, do you have an avatar or a persona you've created around that? So we'll stick with the avatar for this, for because I have two lines of business. I have executive ah, yes. coaching and I have clients that are coaches. Yeah. So, and that's what this show is primarily for. So I would say that my avatar for my client who is a coach is yes. a relatively new coach, either a coach who's going through training or one to five years in coaching who is still trying to get clarity about who their ideal client is, mm. how they scale their business up, how they, they yeah. really gain traction and leverage in their business so that they can bring their impact to the world. I love that. It's really specific, isn't it? So that, that makes it so easy on two levels there. Firstly, people at that stage probably have the same five to 10 questions they ask first all the time, the same five to 10 problems, pains, issues, barriers, whatever you want to call them, that can be your first five to 10 seasons. I, I mean, you've done these, obviously, but you know, thinking about the example. And then the second part of that, because it's so specific too, you can find people like that. There's, there's places that those people go to like events or training courses or things like that they'll go to, or there'll be magazines they read or websites they follow or podcasts they listen to that are really specific to that type of person. So you can reach out to those people and you can either kind of canvas them as a whole, uh, you know, try and get a survey run on a different podcast. Or if you're in a community, you can put a poll in and say, can you, I'm thinking about creating some free resources. Do you mind answering a few questions and 
That's the questions that they'll give you. So there's all sorts of ways you can do that. I actually, I love taking the time and it's more difficult, but it's so worthwhile if you can find some of these people in real life and actually just sit down for a coffee with them. You know, it, a lot of people that start a podcast, often they'll have an audience already, whether it's a, a blog or social media or something like that. Like reach out to some of your audience and say, can I buy you a coffee? You know, do it on Zoom or actually go to a coffee shop, something like that, or, or go along to an event, like a meetup or something like that and try and actually have a chat with a few people. The stuff you get from that is absolutely gold because it'll suggest all of these things that you didn't even realize were a problem right now. <laughs> like sometimes it's hard to remember the issues like you started 10 years ago, five years right, ago, it's right, hard to right. remember. And even if you can remember, they've probably changed <laughs> since then too. So I do love that. It is so worthwhile taking that time to do that research and, and really kind of dig into what those questions are right now for those people. Right. I think that one of the key things there is that as we move through our journey and we learn and grow, or you know, if you are a coach for an audience that might be different than something you did, you maybe you're not your own ideal client, but yeah. you are in a very different place with your learning and your growth. You don't have that beginner mindset anymore, or maybe even the same place that you were even when you started working with that population. So staying connected to what's the pain points right now, what's the challenges right now, and having conversations with your clients about where they were when they started with you and where they are now, what the journey yeah. that they've taken also could be great content for bringing forward the transformation, bringing forward the journey that you're offering to your clients. Yeah. Yeah. That journey is so important as well, isn't it? Because like yes. the Every month, there's a different barrier crops up, like people getting into something, whatever it is you teach. Every month, every couple of weeks, there's something new. And if you can not only match the questions they ask, but the sequence in which they ask them so that you can create your podcast in that sequence as well. So it just matches. They just look at the episode list and they think, this is exactly what like, I need right now. This is exactly what I need. And it's all in the right order. It's like, this person's reading my mind. Right. <laughs> it's another way to build that trust and that connection with that audience and, and really make them loyal to your show. And be loyal to this is the person who has solutions to what I'm mm. looking for. So they're worth me listening to, but also potentially following up with and doing some work Working with because with, that's yeah, ultimately sure. what we want to do. So Indeed. I think we've dived into a little bit of that structuring uh, the content. How, Planning, I would think one of the ways we plan is to get the information, to spend time having coffees, going to meetups, sending out surveys. I love sending out surveys. I get the best information back about things that maybe I thought it was one way and it's, it's actually a different yeah. way so I could tweak it. Anything else about planning that would be helpful mm -hmm. for us to be aware of? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we talked a bit about seasons. I do think that helps a lot with the planning. So certainly think about it that way, because if you can plan out eight or 10 or 12 episodes ahead of time, it just takes away so much of that stress around like every Monday morning, turning up and going, oh, what am I going to speak about this week? Um, so that's a big part of it. But then when you get down to the episodes themselves, a lot of people love podcasting because it's so kind of free. You can do whatever you like with your podcast. Um, it's so opposite to the old radio format where you had to do an advert every six and a half minutes, and then you had to read out the station name every 3.2 minutes and all this nonsense. We're so free. So people rebel against this idea, but I do love a bit of structure, a bit of constraints for that planning. 
Like, do you have a particular structure for your show, Meg? Or are you generally just uh, intro, interview, outro? Yeah, I'm pretty much intro, interview, outro. Although I do require, and you know this, that that my guest meet with me in advance so that yeah, we can yeah. set a bit of a structure so that yeah. I know for certain that we're bringing value to the audience. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a great example there. You use structure to, to plan the show. Um, and it's almost invisible to the listener. So the listeners listen and they think, oh, that was a very organized interview, Meg, uh, because you've done it, you've prepared in the background. But so many people don't realize how useful that is mm-hmm. to actually think, right? I, I mean, you can make it really overt, as in shows that do something like they have an intro and then they have a news section and then they have a product review and then they have a question of the day and then they have the outro. And that's a really kind of open, overt structure. Like mm-hmm. it's, but it's really, it's really nice, actually. Shows that do that can actually do so well, because, partly because listeners love that kind of, they, know, they love knowing what's coming. Right. They love kind of, they'll have their, the question of the day is their favorite part. So they're always looking forward to that, but they like the rest as well. So structure can work really well in that way. But that kind of more hidden structure where you just actually have it in your head. So you, Meg, you might know that in the first five minutes, I tend to go through background story. But in the second five minutes, I like looking at, lessons learned from the past that come into the future. And maybe the next 10 minutes are always a bit of, you know, some mistakes that we made. What did you learn from them? And then we finish up the last five minutes are always, uh, what do you plan for the future? You know, pretty basic structure for an interview, but because that's in your head when you're planning the show, it takes away, well, either way, whether it's the overt one or whether it's the hidden Mm -hmm. one, both of them, they just take away so much mental load when you're right. planning and creating that show, because you're not starting with a blank canvas. You know, there's that, it's a saying for a good reason, like it's rubbish starting with a completely blank canvas because you have to come up with a new idea every single time. But if you're working within some constraints, whether it's a, a really solid structure for the show or whether it's a rough way that you tend to lay out an interview, it helps so much with planning out and just taking some, a lot of those decisions away from you so that you can just concentrate on creating great content. I love that. You know, I've always been a believer that structure really creates freedom, that having yeah. some level of structure allows us to be free within those yeah. guidelines and love. And I, I know that there are some, there shows that I listen to that I know that there's going to be you know, this and then this, and then we're going to get some questions answered. And then it's going to be, yeah, it's just, and I think, (laughs) Colin, I think not only for the host, but also for the listener, it creates a safety net for the, the, like my listeners know what is going to be the flow and they know that this is going to be a skill show or a business building show or Mm -hmm. a leadership show. They just kind of know that, okay, this is what I can expect. They Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm actually changing. Okay, this is a little little teaser for all of you, but I'm gonna quick. I'm moving towards changing the flow of my show and in podcasting that make you know because I have my lead in and then I have my little segment from my guest and like a little teaser line and then I have my intro and then I go into the you know so that I think I'm gonna be changing that up. So stay informed, everybody. But my (laughs) the reason why I bring that up is that I know that when shows that I have listened to change at first. It's sort of a, that's not the way that it's yeah. always been. So I'm, yeah. I'll be interested in how my listeners handle the new yeah. format. 
Do you know what? I, do you know what I love about that as well? Is well, partly congratulations, three hundred episodes is amazing. By the way, that is oh. a, an achievement. It's um, it's a mark that not many people get to. So well done on that. Thank you. Um, the other part is so another reason I love seasons actually because I, I I love the fact that when you do in a seasons format, so you release your you know twelve episodes, let's say you tend to do three months at a time. You take a month break. What I think works really well is just ask some feedback from the listener at the end of the season. Like, what do you like? What do you not like? What topic do you want us to cover next time? And you often get suggestions there, which will maybe give you some ideas around the format or differences or changes. And because you're taking a break and because every season is kind of delineated, they don't, listeners are less um, jarred by a complete change of format. So you can say, Right, this season, actually, I know last season we did interviews, but this season I'm just going to do solo Q&As. So all of you send in my questions and it kind of makes sense that you've changed right. up because you've changed the season. It's kind of, it, it gives you a really good excuse to canvas the listeners to ask them what they want more of, what they want changed, and a really great excuse to change, to actually just completely mix things up and test new things and test new ideas and formats. And yeah, I think it works well. That's interesting. So one of the questions that then comes up for me there is, when podcasters do seasons versus of you know the because consistency to me is so important. Like they yeah. know that every Wednesday yes. a show is going to come out. So I'm sure some of you who are listening are also wondering. Well, if I did seasons <laughs> versus like I mean you're doing consistent seasons, but then you said you know so maybe you do three months and you take a month off and you do uh-huh. a new season. Yep. What happens to listenership? Do you ever lose listeners in the in-between seasons? Yeah, great question. Great question. Now, in my experience, uh, another two parts to that as well. First is no, I've not seen that actually. We've worked, we've done seasons with so many of our shows and we've worked with other people who have done seasons too. And the thing is, if you communicate really clearly at the end of the season, what's happening, people never disappear. They actually, you say at the end of the season, right? Thank you for listening to this was season seven of um, the Podcraft podcast, it's our show. We're going to be back on June the 20th. Four weeks from now, we'll be back. We're going to take a break. We'll be back on June the 20th. So stay tuned and we'll be back out then. And you can actually make a bit of an event for all of it. Like you can, you can take that break. You can come back refreshed and everything. And you can make an event of the relaunch. So it's almost like you get to do a relaunch and a bit of hype every single time you do that. Right. And people don't unsubscribe. They know as long as they know you're around and you're going to be coming back, everyone just kind of ha- is happy for you to take a break and let you come back. Now, the second part of that is consistency. You're talking about absolutely consistency is one of the most important things. And I've seen so many times podcasts be killed by people running out of steam, running out of motivation just basically being worn out, like running on the treadmill of trying to get someone out every single week. And that is the other wonderful thing about it. It means you can take a a few weeks off. You can take four weeks off, let's say, two months even is actually not too bad as well, where you can refresh, you can come up with some new ideas, you can just not record for a little while. And again, come back fresh, come back motivated, come back excited to start podcasting again. Mm -hmm. And that's so I think in my experience, doing three months of podcasting, taking a month off, doing three months of podcasting, taking a month off, doing four months, then two months, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doing that is actually liable to make you last way longer than committing to a weekly show and going week and just having to stick to it. That and, is and I know, really 
Interesting yeah, I, perspective. Yeah. I know many, many people like yourself will do weekly, absolutely no problem at all. But there's many others find it a really hard treadmill to stay on. So yeah, it's, right. it's tricky. <laughs> well, it is. It is a challenge. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a full-time job in addition to your job. I mean, you know, yeah. not, because <laughs> if you're really trying to do it well and vetting guests and doing all those kinds of things. So that's great insight. And as we're, gosh, I've had such a good time with you and we could probably go on and on, but I am curious about what you had talked about. And all I did was write down engagement stack. So I'm not even positive <laughs> what, whether we've already focused on that, whether, but I want to be yeah. sure, like, what is this about engagement stack? That's something yeah, I wrote down from our pre-interview. Yeah, sure. It's, it's related to what we talked about earlier with the text, the audio and the video all together. I feel like that to me, that's the engagement stack because you you get people in via the text. That's kind of your net because it's like the wide search net. People find you and they skim through. That's the first level of engagement. But then on top of that, you stack the, the video. So the video is the next stack, like block of engagement. It just builds a little bit more engagement because they see you, they get your personality. And then you put the audio on top of that. And they actually listen to you for an hour, two hours, three hours at a time. And that really builds that engagement. But then if you start to have more and more of this, if you start to you know, smartly repurpose your content, so you take parts of your podcast recording and release it as videos, and you put that into the blog posts, and then you say from the blog post, right, we, I've got a story about this, actually, go and listen to that podcast episode. And you're creating almost this web between all of your different bits of content. They find your blog, they go and watch a bit of a video, they go and listen to a bit of a podcast, and then they're directed to another video, and then they're directed to another blog post. That's you stacking engagement on engagement on engagement on engagement. And that's what draws people into the stuff that you do. So yeah, I hope that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect (laughs) sense. I was like, I am intrigued by that. And I'm not letting the interview end before I ask more about the engagement stack. Sure. (laughs) I have so enjoyed hearing your expertise. I can hear that this is, is something that A, lights you up, just like you said, but the processes that you have in place and the structure that really helps us engage more. I think it takes away the fear of what do I do? And if, what do I get out there and talk about? It's like, there's ways to get clear about what your audience wants to hear about. You have your expertise. How do you structure that in such a way that it makes it easy for you to bring it forward? Because I promise all of you, there are people who need to hear what you have to share. It's about how you're going to get it out there. And nobody knows about you if you're your own best kept secret. You cannot, you can't keep your content to yourself. People need to hear from you. So well Colin, said. as we're <laughs> wrapping up our time together today, anything that we left on the table that you really want to be sure that we focused on around this idea of, of content? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we kind of skimmed over it, but the core thing I always come back to is the simplicity aspect. We talked a bit about you know, simple equipment, like just to get yourself a USB microphone and plug it in. Do not complicate with like fancy recorders and really fancy software and loads of different platforms. Just take the simplest possible approach you can at the start, which means grabbing that USB mic, taking the simplest software and just plugging it in and starting speaking. And, and that extends to the editing too. Like don't edit too much. Like don't try and edit all your ums and ahs and don't try and edit together a ton of different things. Just be honest and open and human and just record and be yourself. And do you know what? If you don't use that editing as a crutch as well, your presentation skills actually improve so much faster too. You notice those ums and ahs and you start to get rid of them. 
yourself without having to edit them out. So yeah, that's, that's about all it is. It's just keeping it simple, getting that stuff out every single week and, and yeah, just getting better with everyone. Oh, I love that. It made me remember when I first uh, started the show, I would listen back to my shows and hear the words that I use too much. And I wrote a list that said, stop saying, and I put it like right (laughs) ahead of me. And there were words that I just found that I was using as crutches. And so then I became hyper aware of not using those words and trying to you know, be sure that I expanded my vocabulary. Yeah, so I just yeah, think that, yeah. that that's what made me think of that when you said that. It's, it's really cool as well that you, I find I, I did exactly the same thing and I've had to keep doing it though, because then other words creep in and you start overusing them. But the, the wonderful thing I find with it is that it's so, as a podcaster, it stops you doing it in real life as well, doesn't it? Like you realize yes. that you're doing this in conversations, just like face to face. And so it makes you better at just speaking to other people. Because <laughs> exactly. you realize the crutch words you use. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Which actually, I just have to say, since we have a coach audience here, that's much, that's a, a direct alignment to when I say, listen to your coaching, listen to your coaching, you know, record your conversations with clients when possible and listen back to them. Because the same thing Colin and I are saying about podcasting is applies to your coaching conversations. You'll fall into habits that you know, don't necessarily serve you or your clients. So always be in that place of listening to yourself and fine tuning your skill, whether it's podcasting or coaching. So Colin, thank you so much for uh, taking time to bring your expertise. It was just delightful to spend time with you today. No, you're most welcome. It's been fun. So I hope that that was a new perspective for you, gave you some ideas on how to use audio to really increase your impact. If you want to know more about Dr. Colin Gray and the programs that they have, go to starcoachshow.com slash 306, starcoachshow.com slash 306. In his bonus content for the membership community, Dr. Gray talked about how to do a live in such a way that it easily turns into content. Let me tell you, my ears perked up on that because I like to do lives and the last live program that I did required lots of editing to get it ready for the replays. So now when I listen to this, I'm like, oh, okay, now I know how to to get great content out there through a live that ends up easily getting converted into replays rather than having to have lots of editing. Next week, I am absolutely delighted to introduce you to Marlene Thomas. Marlene is the chapter president of the largest ICF chapter there is, which is the Washington, D.C. Metro chapter. She is going to talk to us about leadership, about coaching impact, about where the world of coaching is going, and how to absolutely thrive as a coach. So you're going to love her. I adored her. Super excited to introduce you to her next week. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen so that more people can find us. And know that those rates and reviews make a huge difference to me and the show, and I'm just so grateful for that. 
So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.